Welcome to episode 129 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch Podcast. Now, of course, you already know that this is an Overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. That, of course, includes Overwatch 2 and the Overwatch League and anything else that might happen as it relates to Overwatch. If you're a returning listener, of course, thank you so much for coming back. And if you're new, I'm your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials. So why not follow me? Reach out to me over on those social media platforms where you can bring me questions, comments, concerns, topics, or whatever you want me to talk about on the show. Of course, I like to talk video games. I will gladly talk Overwatch, but I will talk any video game stuff in general if you bring it to me over on the social media platforms there. You can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, and all that jazz. And of course, if you enjoy what you hear today, I also encourage you to check out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, where I join my two co-hosts each and every other week to talk mostly about the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant, but also about all things Overwatch League. Now, of course, you heard that right. We record our Ready, Set, Pwn podcast. That's Ready, Set, P-W-N every other week as we have now entered the Overwatch League offseason. Will it be the indefinite offseason that never ends? It very well may be. Uh, And because of that, of course, One Man Watchpoint, this podcast that you are listening to right now, is also now on its every other week rotation. So if you're listening to this because you like the sound of my voice, well then check out Ready, Set, Pwn because I will rotate weeks between which week I am uh, on Ready, Set, Pwn and which week I am here doing one-man watch point uh, for as long as we are in the Overwatch League offseason, which, as I mentioned, may be forever, as we all know, if we're uh, following the Overwatch League. Anyways, regardless of that, there has been some Overwatch news that has dropped in the past uh, couple of weeks here. Of course, uh, I mean, I would say nothing too major, but there may or may be yeah, may or may may or may not be uh, a couple things that are actually pretty decent. Uh, one story in particular that kind of encompasses a whole bunch of stories um, that is pretty big. So of course we've got some BlizzCon news to talk about here. We've got some uh, lever penalty stuff, a new collab, and some larger Overwatch League stuff. So I figure it's about time. Let's dive on here. I'll do this alone if I have to. All right, so our first story is going to take us over to DottieSports.com with an article posted on October 9th by Nadine Mansky, which reads, Loads of Overwatch 2, Diablo 4, and WoW goodies in exclusive BlizzCon 2023 collection. The article reads, After three years, Blizzard's annual BlizzCon showcase is finally back in person, and even if you can't be in California for the event, there's still plenty to celebrate with various digital items. The 2023 BlizzCon online collection bundle includes exclusive skins, mounts, and more for a range of Blizzard titles. This year, the BlizzCon collection focuses on items for Overwatch 2, Diablo 4, and World of Warcraft. There are two different bundles available this year, an Epic and a Legendary Collection. The Epic Collection includes a smaller selection of items, while the Legendary Pack will have all your favorite characters fully kitted out in BlizzCon gear. Though the appeal of these BlizzCon packs may only really extend to hardcore fans of Blizzard's main titles, the exclusivity of the items may even draw casual fans of one game to take a second look. Both packs are available now. Both packs include items for Overwatch 2, Diablo 4, WoW, Hearthstone, and Warcraft Rumble alongside a 10% discount coupon for one item on the Blizzard Gear store. The Epic Pack is $29.99, while the Legendary Pack is $20 more at $49.99. Now, I'm going to guess, this is outside the article, that those are US dollars. In comparison to the hefty $300 price tag on BlizzCon 2023 tickets to see the event in person, paying $50 for a legendary pack and then watching the event from the comfort of your gaming chair seems like a lot of players' best bets. This year's key items are a new Epic Tier Sigma skin for Overwatch 2, the Bound Blizzard Flying Mount for World of Warcraft, and a new mount, Mount Trophy, and Mount Armor for Diablo 4. Both bundles also include multiple Hearthstone card packs and Murloc-themed cosmetics for Warcraft Rumble. The biggest draw for players this year may be the premium battle passes for Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 in the Legendary Pack. 
These passes normally cost around $10, but with all the other items included in the Legendary Pack, you'll be getting both at discounts. In addition, for Overwatch 2 players, the Legendary Pack also includes 1,000 credits on top of getting next season's Battle Pass. You can go on to use those credits to buy skins in the shop or breeze through unlocking more levels of the Battle Pass. If you're a fan of multiple Blizzard titles, you'll definitely want to grab all these BlizzCon 2023 digital goodies. As we've seen with our BlizzCon drops in past years, these items often go on to be some of the rarest cosmetics in their respective titles. So there you have it, uh, the, the reveal of the BlizzCon goodies. Of course, they do this every year with BlizzCon, um, although this is sort of the return to BlizzCon Live, of course. It's a big, big deal. The first time BlizzCon has been live in three years since COVID kind of, you know, took down the world. Um, and they're kind of, I, I would say they're going all out with this. They've got, you know, a fair number of items included for each of their sort of core tenant games right now. And of course, they're not uh, shying away from some of the, I would argue, you know, less popular titles at this very moment. So those core titles being Diablo, uh, Overwatch, and of course, World of Warcraft, and then those sort of, um, you know, I don't want to say they're not popular, because certainly uh, Hearthstone is is still popular, but I think it's kind of faded from the public consciousness that it once had. Um, and then Warcraft Rumble, as far as I understand, is, is relatively new, actually. So, I'm, you know, nice that they're throwing a little something in for that. It'll obviously draw some more people in to try Warcraft Rumble, which is probably a part of, uh, you know, a part of their their plan with that um and same with hearthstone obviously so as they mentioned there you get a new sigma epic skin uh the i forget what it's called there um kind of interesting to me that they're doing a sigma skin just because of course we did just have a uh, season four of the battle pass with uh the Starwatch season and that featured the um mythic galactic emperor skin for sigma so kind of interesting that they would double up in that way i would have if it were me, I would have hoped they would pick a character that maybe uh, either hasn't gotten a skin in a while um, or is a popular character but hasn't gotten a mythic skin at least. It seems odd that they're double dipping into that, but they must have had this one in the bank and they just kind of want to get it out there. But man, you know, it, it just strikes me as why not a legendary skin for a character that you're likely actually going to use it on um, because, you know, in my opinion, if you have a Mythic skin, why wouldn't you be wearing the Mythic skin? So anyways, 1,000 Overwatch coins, that's always appreciated. Buy yourself some cosmetics. And of course, the next season's Battle Pass, that's also a very nice one to have. And then a couple other little goodies in there, you know, a couple of the cosmetic items and things like that. Uh, not too shabby. So definitely good to see all of that and uh, the extras for the other games if you do cross the streams. Now, moving on from there, uh, we will just head on... Nope, we'll stick with .esports.com, my bad. Uh, again, October 9th, but this time, Cedric Pabriga writes, Overwatch 2's much-needed lever penalty could cause an even bigger issue. So I wanted to bring up this article. Obviously, this is a bit of a... Uh, I don't know. This is the, the writer's opinion on this story, but it does cover something uh, at the beginning that I do want to touch on. So I'll read through the whole thing, just give them the credit, and we'll talk about it. Overwatch 2 recently introduced a new lever penalty system that's tailored to curb the number of players leaving the matches in Season 7. However, some players are pretty skeptical about how effective it could be at stomping another issue entirely. The new lever penalty introduced with October 9th's major Overwatch 2 update drew concern from players who are quite conflicted over the feature, as it can introduce another predicament in the form of trolling and AFKing. Simply put, some believe players who would previously leave matches with limited repercussions will now simply AFK and spawn or do nothing in the game but run around, emote, and spray. They will refuse to play the game and players deem this even more frustrating than leavers who eventually would be replaced by other players. In some instances, leavers were replaced with people who were much better and gave the players a win, even though the situation was dire. Quote, now those players are going to be forced to stay and basically throw, one player said. According to Blizzard, the lever penalties that were implemented work in two penalty thresholds. Once a player reaches the first threshold, the players are suspended from matchmaking for 10 minutes. If they reach the second, it raises up to 30 minutes. The way the system determines this is by analyzing the last 20 matches you played. For example, League has a queue dodging system where if you enter champion select and leave it for some reason, you're going to be penalized by not being able to queue for six minutes. 
If you're playing a ranked match, you'll also receive a deduction in league points. Since Overwatch 2's Season 7 is still new, the new lever penalty system has the chance to prove itself. Will it curb levers or make the situation even worse? Only time will tell. So, the 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 thing about this is of course it's kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't situation right we've been dealing with levers for six years at this point um and to me uh the backfill i mean i i hesitate to say it worked because i think it was pretty rare that you would be backfilled with someone and they would actually make that much of a difference that it would you know turn the tide because generally speaking when you get a lever when someone leaves your match it's because you're not doing well right um and them leaving kind of exacerbates exacerbates the issue because then someone new is coming in on top of that and unless they're a hard carry uh it generally just kind of perpetuates the the cycle and you know either people keep leaving or you just continue to lose and in some cases maybe lose quicker so i don't know that they're was a solution that uh, would really win or solve this problem um, unless the matchmaking were somehow you know looking at a player's skill sr or competitive rank or something and saying okay when a team is down bad we're gonna bring in someone really good right and that's kind of you know rigs the system a little bit in a different way do i think this means that players are going to you know go run around the map and spray and waste time or go fk and spawn or something like that not any more than they would have previously right like that's the thing is if someone's going to not make an impact in the game and just run around in circles well then the fact is they were probably going to do that anyways so overall i'm not too bothered by uh the lever penalty um i think it's good to see them trying to take steps to curb this um and it, and in fact you know actually i kind of i lean more on the side of this is good more than bad um I definitely don't think it uh, it could. There's no perfect solution, is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know, it really feels like, again, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, they do nothing, and it continues status quo, and people continue to complain and say, I wish there was a penalty for levers. Uh, you implement a change like this, and now you've got people saying, well, this poses other issues. Well, the fact is, I mean, yeah, either way, it's, it's either going to, help or it's gonna not help or it's gonna help in different ways no matter which way you cut it so unfortunately that's just the state of things moving on from there we will head over to pcgamesn.com this time with an article by ken alsop posted on october 12th and this one reads overwatch 2 k-pop collab teased by la seraphim comeback video Overwatch 2 and K-pop seem like an easy match, and it looks like we might be getting some form of collaboration between the two soon. The new La Seraphim comeback teaser, which heralds the return of one of the biggest K-pop groups in the world right now, features a car bearing the Overwatch logo that resembles the game's payload, with members from the group also discussing the game on social media ahead of the Overwatch World Cup. With Overwatch 2 Season 7 now underway, Halloween is upon us in Blizzard's hero-driven FPS game. Yet as we approach the Overwatch World Cup 2023, which begins on Sunday, October 29th, it looks as though Blizzard might have snagged themselves a potential partner for the event courtesy of one of the top girl groups in South Korea. For those of you not as familiar with Le Seraphim, they're a five-member girl group who debuted in May 2022 with the single Fearless, originally briefly appearing with a sixth member who left the group soon after its debut. They've since seen huge success in Korea and Japan, as well as internationally, quickly rising the ranks to become one of the biggest K-pop groups around. The release of the, its comeback teaser, Tonight, I Don't Care What's Wrong or Right, on Wednesday, October 11th, marks the group's return with a digital single, Perfect Night, and also includes a rather intriguing feature. The short video stars an empty pink car with glowing hover wheels driving down an empty highway, and eagle-eyed viewers quickly spotted that the car's badge was instantly recognizable as the Overwatch logo. Want to see for yourself? It's most visible around the 8-second mark in the teaser video below. This isn't the first time the pair have overlapped. All of the La Seraphim members have previously been photographed wearing the Gentle Monster Diva glasses revealed back in August 2023, as member Ha Yunjin recently posted to chat app Weavers asking their fans, known collectively as Fear Not, about characters. Fear not, recommend me a character in Overwatch 2, too, she writes. 
I used to have Farah as my main a long time ago. Exactly what this crossover will entail remains to be seen, although it seems likely that the group will make an appearance at the Overwatch World Cup 2023. The playoffs at the Anaheim Convention Center are set to take place Friday, November 3rd, Saturday, November 4th, uh, to Saturday, November 4th, sorry, just one week after the release of Perfect Night on Friday, October 27th. As someone who loves the Seraphim and was already planning to tune into the Overwatch World Cup Finals anyway, I'm still getting uh, over the all-but-confirmed end of the Overwatch League, which will always be special in my heart. I'd love to see them make an appearance. It had almost certainly topped the memorable, for all the wrong reasons, show by DJ Khaled at the Overwatch League 2018 sorry, finale. Finals, oh my gosh. Presuming this one goes ahead, it remains to be seen whether we'll get any in-game goodies to tie in with the pairing. I wouldn't necessarily hold your breath there, but I'll definitely rock some Laceraphim gear or an emote in-game given the option. If you're jumping in for Season 7, make sure to catch up with the Overwatch 2 somber rework so you know just blah 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 blah. And the article wraps from there. Now, um, that article it was actually probably the most thorough article I could find about this group. And of course, the funny thing about that is, I mean, Ken says there he's, he's a big fan. Um, so, you know, probably a good source for this. I personally have no connection to the Seraphim, so I was uh, surprised to see the collab. Um, but obviously, upon reading articles like this and digging into it a bit more, you know, not not the most outrageous crossover, um, especially given the gentle monster uh, sightings that they mentioned in the article there with uh, with some of the members displaying that uh, those crossover glasses that, of course, were released a little bit earlier in the year. Um, does this hint at a performance at BlizzCon? I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Uh, I do think that, yeah, this is probably a better match than something like DJ Khaled in 2018 at the Overwatch League Grand Finals. Um, but, you know, I, I have to laugh because uh, it really screams to the audience that they were trying to get back then and the audience that they've, uh, you know, kind of admitted they have now. So in any case, uh, the article also touches on a couple... Uh, important things there of course um, Overwatch World Cup action beginning Sunday October 29th I actually wasn't even aware of of that uh, or I knew it was coming up I didn't realize it was the 29th Um, so by the time you're listening to our next episode of course you will be hearing uh, the results of the Overwatch World Cup action from that past weekend now the nice thing is our next episode will of course be uh maybe not posting on november 1st just because the night prior is october 31st that's of course halloween so i might be a little busy um but i might just record on the 30th and that way we can get an episode out on uh, our regularly scheduled time which of course the point is it will land before that november 3rd to 4th uh weekend where we will have overwatch world cup action uh the finals in at the anaheim convention center so the article covered a whole bunch of stuff there. Um, exciting to see this crossover. I mean, you know, I'm I'm a fan of just bringing this stuff in in some way or another. I would personally love to see a dance or something like that. You know, give Diva an emote that is a dance that Le Seraphim is known for or something like that. Um, I actually, maybe I'm in the minority here, but I actually like in something like Fortnite how you can get these dances from TikTokers and things like that. Uh, in the real world and do them in game I just I think that is kind of I don't know I think it's kind of neat to see those those real life things coming through in game um, I like what Overwatch does in how it uh, traditionally has styled the skins after the uh, the crossover or whatever they're inspired by um, as opposed to simply you know the the Fortnite method where you know you want to be Darth Vader it's just Darth Vader and Fortnite right I like the Overwatch style of we're going to take the inspiration and apply it to the character. So obviously, uh, the Halloween Terror event that's ongoing right now with the Lilith Moira skin is a great example, right? Where they took the design of Lilith from Diablo and they molded it to fit Moira, right? You still recognize that it's Moira. Um, Probably the best example is the Inarius skin for uh, Reinhardt, of course. Um, I think that skin is absolutely amazing that that's an incredible skin and of course it is pulling the inarius uh theme look everything from diablo so i like how they've done that but i would like to see as well um something like an emote you know could easily be a tiktok dance or a dance that like i say le seraphim is known for or something like that right i think that 
uh, kind of thing would be fine um, and would be kind of exciting to see. So anyways, exciting stuff, uh, you know, doesn't really mean a ton to me, but looking forward to seeing what uh, transpires from that. Now, this is sort of our final news story here. Oh, darn, the website just just crashed on me. There we go. Let's re reload that. Um, so this is sort of a uh, all-encompassing article here. I'm actually not going to read the whole article here, but I'll give the credit for it, and then I'm going to jump down and just sort of hit the highlights here. But our next article, of course, is about all of the teams in the Overwatch League that have made an announcements regarding their roster or their future. So this article that I have pulled up is from esports.gg. It's written by Will Jagelski Harrison on October 17th. Uh, and it was updated, or he's been updating it, uh, you know, as more teams announce things. So, uh, you know, it was probably posted before the 19th, but or the 17th, sorry. But uh, in any case, that's the date listed here. So the article is titled, Overwatch League Begins Its Slow Death with Full Roster Releases, and then brackets updated. Now, again, I'm not going to read the whole article here because he, he starts off and he's very much sensationalizing the decline of the Overwatch League, which, hey, I'm fine with that. I don't care. You do you. But there's a lot of, of, of fat here that I'll trim. So, of course, this article highlights all of the teams that we know have already made announcements in some way to announce their uh, the release of their roster or staff in some way. Um, so the article here doesn't necessarily go into all of the details, but it does have a, a good list of the teams that have made announcements. So I believe it all started with the Vegas Eternal announcing the full liquidation of their active roster. Now that does come directly from the article here. So that included head coach, that included uh, player manager, um, as well as all their players, of course. So naturally, they did it on Twitter there um, and just, you know, simple post for each player. The article here reads, from the full release of its roster in November 2022 as part of its relocation from Paris to Vegas, the Eternal and roster releases have become synonymous. In a calendar year, the team has seen a total of 17 players pass through its Overwatch League roster. This includes a full mid-season purge earlier this year, in which its starting squad was forced to, and failed, to re-audition for their spots. The full list of roster includes roster spots includes. So these are the players that were released. Irony on support, Rack Attack on support, 2U on tank, Knife on DPS, Dove on DPS, and Finale on DPS. Makes perfect sense, this is the article again, that the first Overwatch League roster casualty comes from, hands down, the worst team in Overwatch League history. Yes, even worse than the 0 and 42 Shanghai Dragons. Now, this is back to me, of course. None of that is is inaccurate, right? The Vegas Eternal, I think, demonstrated a um, a desire to not be in the league anymore by their actions um, with the roster and everything. Could they have pulled a Chengdu and gotten away with it? I think they would have, but I do think that it's maybe a little. It was maybe a little harder for a North American team to pull off something like that, um, and that you know comes down mostly to the state of overwatch in china uh, it did become obviously in this season uh, or just prior to the season very difficult for a chinese team to you know do something as simple as play the game and so i'm sure some con concessions were provided to those teams there uh, of course i'm talking about Chengdu, where they announced that you know they just straight up were going to be bowing out of the league i don't even think they announced it i think the league announced it so anyways technically speaking let's say it all started with Chengdu. But then, of course, we have Vegas, and next up, we have the Shanghai Dragons. So, the Shanghai Dragons here tweeted out an image which read, I'm just pulling it up here, Effective immediately, the contracts of Fate, Hisu, Viper, Iris, or Iris, Gangnam Jin, with the Shanghai Dragons have expired, and they will officially become free agents. Quote, The flowers bloom brilliantly, yet when you came, it was not spring. The 2023 season has been a year full of hardships. These hundred plus days and nights have been marked by their relentless struggle, never giving up even when deeply mired with valleys toiling day and night. Gatherings and partings are all part of time's passing. We sincerely thank these players for the efforts they have put into their team this year. The Shanghai Dragons express our deepest respect and gratitude towards you, wishing you smooth sailing in all your future endeavors. Now, 
it, what a beautifully written message. That was, that was touching. Um, so let's jump back to the article here and it reads, uh, do, 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 dragons rising, which is maybe what makes the similar announcement of the dragons roster. So sobering the greatest glow up in esports history. The team went from Guinness book of world records, punching bag to grand champion. The future of the team appeared murky with the falling out between Chinese publisher Tencent and Activision Blizzard earlier this year. With Overwatch 2 unplayable in mainland China, the future of its four Overwatch League teams came into question. And then they talk a little bit about the Chengdu Hunters. So in any case, Shanghai Dragons, another team that announced the entire uh, release of their roster. That full roster was Gangnam Jin, Iris, Fate, Viper, and Hisu. Moving on from there, the Houston Outlaws released their Grand Finals roster. So the Houston Outlaws tweeted out, It's been one hell of a ride. This season has been one for the books with the most talented Outlaws roster ever. We reach new heights in the midseason tournament and grand finals showing the league we are a force to be reckoned with. Oh, this is awkward. I clicked the link to view their tweet and it brought up the Shanghai Dragons again. Let's see if I can get it to come up. There it is. We want to express a heartfelt farewell to our remarkable 2023 roster. Thank you for your dedication, passion, and unforgettable moments in the Outlaws jersey. As we bid farewell, we wish you all the best in your future endeavors. And of course, the roster was Pelican on DPS, Fearless on Tank, Shu on Support, Happy on DPS, Violet on Support, and Bernard on Tank. Um, of course, the legendary play of bringing Bernard in at the very end of the season there, um, as you know, uh, as Fearless was then benched, even if he did come back to try and uh, defeat the Florida Mayhem in the grand final there. Um, but as they mentioned there, you know, the best roster Houston has ever had, the best they've ever performed in, in a tournament or anything like that, um, placing second on the end of the season. That is the Houston Outlaws being released. Moving on from there, San Francisco Shock release roster and coaches. And they've got the tweet here, through all the ups, downs, zigs, and zags, this season we are forever grateful for the 2023 Shock Boys during our homecoming season in the bay now why they say homecoming season i'm not too sure you all made us proud this year and we wish you all luck in whatever comes next and they've got a nice uh, nice graphic there of the roster and of course they followed that up with the incredible golden stage uh the regular season win streak twitter's loading back-to-back -back world championships and countless other accolades shock's coaching staff is always what kept us a cut above the rest and made every game winnable Beyond in-game achievements, at Shock Krusty and at 9KOW created a culture of love and respect that shaped the Shock community, taking the time to make every fan and staff member feel special. Who knows what the future holds, but we hope our paths cross again. So they've then got uh, the... Oh, and the page died again. Loading, loading, loading. They've then got the roster listed here. Of course, we had Finn on support, Proper on DPS, Max on tank, Junbin on tank, Proby on DPS, Luke Mino on support, Renko on support, and Striker on DPS. So obviously a, a storied franchise there. Um, interesting that that Striker ends his career on the San Francisco Shock, or at least for now. Moving on from there, the Soul Dynasty release their roster, and of course here they just have a, a they did individual tweets for each player, but then they followed it up with sort of one final one that said, thank you, 2023 Soul Dynasty, hashtag Tiger Nation, hashtag Soul Dynasty, hashtag Owl 2023. And they've got a nice graphic there. And that lineup was, of course, Void on tank, Krillin on support, Bel Belisria on tank, Easy Han on DPS, Vindame on support, and Profit on DPS. And finally, um, finally, although not really finally, oh, never mind, there's two more. Okay, uh, <laughs> my bad. We then come to the Toronto Defiant. Of course, if you follow this podcast, uh, if you follow me, you know I have been a Toronto Defiant fan. Um, so this one was not not unexpected, um, knowing the situation and everything. I was glad to see they announced something because, of course, teams are not obligated to say anything despite passing the deadlines to re-sign players and things like that. Uh, but I was surprised by one turn in their event. In their announcement, sorry. So they've got the Toronto Defiant uh, tweet here, which reads, Today we share a decision to allow our roster to explore free agency heading into 2024. This past year was a journey of growth and momentum, and we owe much of that to our players, coaching staff, and supportive fans. 
2023 has been a year to remember. To help us prepare for what's to come in Overwatch, Kasoras will be staying with Defiant. Our enthusiasm for Overwatch and the Overwatch League continues, and we are poised for future opportunities. So the entire roster, of course, was Hydron on DPS, Kaluj on tank, Ultraviolet on support, Surmajet on support, Spectra on DPS, and Opener on support. So, like I say, an interesting announcement there because this is one of the one of the few announcements where they actually announced that they are keeping one of the core staff members, right? Um, the big thing being, of course, we've had, uh, I mean, as I've already read out, uh, a handful of teams that although they did announce their uh, their teams being let go, they also announced their some of their staff, right? Coaches, head coaches, assistant coaches, player managers or team managers, things like that. Um, but Toronto is one of the few that did make a definitive statement saying our head coach is staying on, right? I think typically, you know, most general managers and things like that are staying on. But um, generally speaking, I would say head coach down if is all being let go. So interesting that Toronto is holding on to Kasoras. Um, they obviously see some some future with him, uh, which which honestly makes me makes me pretty happy. Um, I think he he came across as a a good fit for many different styles, um, and in a lot of ways, sort of a good role model for for these players. Um, I've actually heard some some tangential stories about his interactions uh, at at non-Overwatch League events, parties, things like that. Um, and by all means, I was told he was very respectful and kind. Um, and having spoken to him, of course, on the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, we did have him on and, and interviewed him. And then catching up with him a little bit at uh, the Overwatch League Grand Finals as well. Um, very friendly guy, very, very outgoing um, and, and just... Just easy to get along with, easy to talk to. So I'm glad to see that he'll be sticking around, at least for now. Moving on from there, they have the NYXL listed here. Now, New York's uh, tweet here reads, As this Overwatch season fades into the cosmic horizon, it's time to reflect on the incredible journey we've embarked upon together. To our otherworldly space crew, thank you for your unwavering dedication and hard work throughout the season. Your passion for the game and tireless efforts have shone like the brightest of supernovas. Until we meet again among the stars, continue to shine bright. And then they've got this really sick outro video, um, which I'll be honest, I, I'm a pretty big fan of the uh, NYXL graphic team or, or social media team or whatever they are. Um, I've thought they always did a really good job. And I know they were known to have spent money on that. So the roster, of course, looks like this. Shockwave on DPS, Psycho on DPS, Kellen on tank, Anion on support, Creative on support, OG on support, Fitz on DPS, Halo on support, and Lep on support. Now we are at the point in the article where we actually are at the final one they have listed here. However, there is another one that I will talk about in a sec here. Um, so bear with me. Continuing with the article... We have the LA Valiant releases roster and coaches. So they've got the Valiant's uh, tweet here, which reads, Today we say goodbye to all the amazing players and staff of the 2023 LA Valiant. We appreciate all your hard work and determination and wish you the best of luck in your future. Forever, hashtag wings out. And a nice image that says, thank you to all who have supported us and who worked with us, sorry, and supported us. Hashtag wings out. And their roster, of course, was Seeker on DPS, Nos on DPS, Crawie on Tank, Liar on Support, Paintbrush on Support, and CJ on Support. Now, I believe they actually also, uh, yes, they also mentioned that they're releasing all of their staff. So, again, another one that wasn't surprising, but I think a roster that uh, really showed that they wanted to be in the league, even if, you know, it was the Valiant that they wound up with. So... Another another one saying goodbye. Now, the one that's not on this article here that I did find interesting is, of course, uh, the Boston Uprising. So the Boston Uprising also made a statement, and they tweeted out on October 12th. After the most successful season in Boston Uprising history, of course, they, technically speaking, placed fourth uh, overall, just behind uh, the Hangzhou Spark, the Houston Outlaws, and the Florida Mayhem. 
after the most successful season in Boston Uprising history. Today's bittersweet as we will allow some members of our roster to explore the free agent market heading into 2024. We are excited to build off the team's performance this past season, and when more details are known about the 2024 Overwatch competitive season, we will build a roster to take the Uprising to new heights. While the future is uncertain, there is the possibility that we will welcome some of this year's players back to the Uprising for 2024. So I actually couldn't find the tweet. Um, now that was from the Boston Uprising account, uh, but Boston's GM Pre had also said somewhere, and I just couldn't find it. Um, he'd commented on the players that they were keeping. Um, so I believe they are. They did not announce that they're letting go of Smurf on the tank roll, of course, and Decay on DPS. Um, and I want to say, again, I can't imagine that I dreamt this up. I must have seen it somewhere. But Pre came out and said they were uh, retaining them in anticipation of something. Um, so very interesting stuff there. Uh, as far as I know, that's the only team to have come out and said they are keeping players. Um, I do think that excuse me, most of the other teams did, of course, drop their entire roster and staff and everything like that. Of course, Toronto was a bit of a surprising one saying they're keeping their head coach. But again, I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, with with the Toronto aspect, uh, they have maybe bigger plans for Kasaurus, of course, keeping him on in case Overwatch comes back in whatever form it comes in. Um, but also if that doesn't pan out, that they have other plans for him. So... I could see his skill set kind of transitioning well to, uh, you know, maybe the CDL franchise that, of course, Toronto has or something like that. So in any case, that is the latest on the teams that uh, that have said something, really, that have announced something. Again, although we are past the option deadline for teams to uh, sign the option year for players, um, we're past that deadline, and of course, we're past you know any other roster deadline at this point. Uh, the one stipulation is that teams don't have to make an announcement, right? And I believe it was the league that tweeted that out, uh, although it may have been Yiska. But in any case, we're past any deadline that exists for players to be signed or uh, released and things like that. But teams don't have to announce anything. So the teams that have announced something, you know, I applaud them for saying something, for getting it out in the open. Um, I think that was, what, six, seven, maybe eight teams at most. Um, so realistically, we know, you know, what I'd say a third of the league uh, is doing with their roster. Uh, I'm sure we can probably assume the rest of the league, what they would be planning as well. The Given the fact that Houston and Boston have both announced what they're doing, I have to kind of assume that, uh, or in my mind, Florida is the only team. That's a bit of a question mark. I would assume almost every team will be releasing their whole roster. Um, I think this will, this new form of Overwatch in whatever form it takes, I think will be like starting anew. It will be the the fresh start that everyone I think desperately wants or desperately needs in some cases. Um, and because of that, I think that, uh, I think things, I think the players will look very different uh, once we know what we're going to get in 2024 and beyond. So. With all of that said, uh, that is all of the news that I have for the show today. Now, I did skip over a couple segments that I usually do before the news, so I think we're just going to take a quick break here, and we will head on over and we'll talk a little bit about what's going on in the game right now. This is it! Push forward! All right, now that we're back. The first thing that I forgot to mention is, of course, there are Twitch drops right now. So I know I've talked about it many times before, but connect your Twitch account to your Battle.net. Make sure your Battle.net is connected to your Twitch account, etc., etc. That way, when you watch the Overwatch 2 category on Twitch, of course, you can earn rewards. Now, you do have to claim these rewards as they come up in order to you in order for you to begin earning progress towards the next reward. So what are you getting? Well, right now, the first two hours of the Overwatch category that you watch on a channel, of course, with drops enabled, you will earn the Lilith's Visage player icon. That's right. Watch two hours, claim that Lilith, Lilith's Visage player icon. The next two hours, you watch another two hours, you get the Demonic Skull Charm. That is, of course, a weapon charm for your weapon in-game. This is probably, in my opinion, the coolest of the rewards that they're offering right now. Um, you know, maybe second only to the final reward, but I already have the final reward, so I'm not too worried about it. 
after that, so at this point you've watched four hours, you need to watch another three hours, bring the total to seven, to earn the Bastion voice line uh, reward, I guess. After that, you need to watch another three hours, bringing the total to 10 hours to earn the Moira voice line. Uh, I don't remember or I didn't write down what these voice lines are, but I'm always kind of like, oh, that's lame when the reward is a voice line. So anyways, then you watch a final four hours to get the Possessed Farah's epic skin uh, for, of course, Farah. So definitely get in there, get watching, you know, throw it on an iPad, throw it on a computer, walk away, throw it on your phone and uh, just claim those rewards so you can keep earning them. Now, the next thing I want to do is, of course, jump over to some social media content creators here and talk a little bit about some of the posts they've got going on. So this week, I'm going to pull from the Omnic post. That's, of course, at Omnic post on Instagram here. And I'll just talk about some of the highlights from this past couple weeks. Of course, one thing we know is that we are now in season seven. Uh, season seven, I believe, runs through December. So I think it'll end around December 5th, I think I saw today. Um, so, you know, by the time you're listening to this, you've still got a month and a half uh, to get earning. And of course, the Omnic Post has one item here about the group respawn in season seven. So uh, what is this all about? The post here reads, starting with season seven in all modes except competitive, Heroes who die within five seconds of each other will respawn together. This will prolong or shorten your respawn time, but will force slash help players to group up. What do you think of this change? Now, this is an interesting one because uh, it's clear that in doing the, in making this change, they're trying to encourage group play, right? They're trying to enforce a sense of, uh, you know, you are a team and you should be working together. Now, the big thing is at higher levels of play, what usually happens is a snowball effect, right? When one team uh, is able to get a pick on someone on the opposing team, usually that snowballs and one pick turns into two, turns into three, maybe a full team wipe. If that were to happen in quick succession, of quick succession, of course, that whole team with this new change would then be respawning together, right? They would not be on their own individual respawn timers, which is what was in place before uh, this change. With this change, of course, you die within five seconds of each other, you're all going to spawn together, and then guess what? You're already in your team, you're already in a unit, you can come back and make a, make a new attack as a team rather than as individuals. The fact is, you know, at my ranks in quick play, things like that, I haven't seen much in this way. Yeah, frequently... Um, as I am often playing support, you do frequently die with one other person or, um, you know, maybe you're uh, pocketing someone or trying to really assist a certain character or hero and you get picked off at the same time they get picked off, generally speaking, you first as the support. Um, and so you do respond with them. But I don't think it's this been this grand sweeping change that maybe people kind of feared. I think there was a lot of people saying like, oh, you know, this feels like they're holding our hands. They're trying to force us to work together and things like that. And I'm kind of just like, again, I don't, I don't understand why there's all this uproar in this. I honestly think if they had not even mentioned it, they could have just made this change and nobody would really notice a thing at all. Uh, but I also am glad that they did mention it because, you know, more communication is better than less. So I'm actually, again, it's a, everything with this game is a damned if you do, damned if you don't. You're always going to have a ton of people who say they hate this change. Why are they making this change? They shouldn't have made this change. And the fact is, I don't think even half of these people are actually still playing the game. So in any case, that is that. Now, sticking with, of course, the Omnic post, we're going to jump on over to another post that they have here, which reads cosmetic loadouts in season seven. In season seven of Overwatch 2, you will be able to create up to three cosmetic loadouts for a hero, including weapon charms. On top, you will be able to add skins to your favorites and you can have them be picked at random for every game. Now, this change has been a little bit interesting because I think that they're actually a little bit incorrect in that caption there. Um, as far as I understand, I don't think you can randomize your favorite skins, which is, in my humble opinion, annoying. <laughs> the skins are the only one I actually care about. Um, I would love to be able to, you know, pick my three favorite 
mercy skins. I'm just picking mercy because they have mercy as the you know picture on this post here. I would love to pick my three favorite mercy skins and say, randomize these three, you know, then I'm always going to get one of these three. And sure, I'll pick my three favorite weapon charms as well and do something like that. I would love if that worked. I don't think they have implemented this with skins. I want to say the Omnic Post even actually went out and published another update saying, uh, nope, turns out they didn't do this with skins as they, you know, they had initially said they were going to, but they didn't. Um, because of this, the the loadout thing, in my opinion, isn't really effective. Um, I mean, I guess you could say, I, I guess I just haven't found much of a point in choosing the loadouts. The fact is, I think such a small portion of the audience notices skins at all in the game. Um, I just don't think people really care about these features. These are quality of life features that I really think honestly either should have come in the game when when overwatch 2 launched or should have always been there or should have been implemented much earlier on right kind of like again the comparison being fortnite where you can basically build your loadout and say i want to randomize this part of my my build right i want to randomize my voice lines i want to randomize my emotes i want to randomize my backpack my uh uh my pickaxe my glider etc etc right for me i would love to be able to just choose my top skins, randomize those, and then I'm getting a different one every time. Again, I don't think it means much to the people you're playing against. Although for me, when I'm watching the uh, kill cam and things like that, um, or you know, waiting to respawn, I always try to pay attention to that and notice that and kind of be like, oh, that's cool. But hint at hitting on another problem that I think has kind of come with the battle pass method with Overwatch 2 is one thing I'm finding is it really feels like more and more the only skins people are really using are the battle pass skins right which makes sense they are fresh and new um new and shiny if you will uh but i also feel like we've lost some of that variety right i think it's very common now you see two arisas going at each other and they're both wearing the griffin skin uh from the from the quest watch season season five uh battle pass um you know you see um what's a, what's another one i guess you see two tracers going at each other and they're both wearing the mythic tracer skin which again i mean you know you worked through the battle pass with tracer or you worked through the battle pass to get the mythic i get seeing the mythic skins but it's the other ones that i'm finding you know there's less and less variety it seems so that's i think that's a part of why i would like to be able to say these are my favorite orisa skins yes one of them is the most recent uh legendary orisa skin but I would like to see some others, you know, even for someone like Sigma, I would love to add that mythic, uh, the, the Galactic Emperor mythic skin as one of my favorites, but then also select the Flying Dutchman skin, which I think is one of Sigma's best skins and maybe another and have it cycle through those so I could see some of them. So anyways, moving on from there, we of course have another post by the Omnic Post. With the start of season, se season seven, the Overwatch World Cup crowdfunding bundles were added to the in-game shop. You can get the Lucio bundle for 1,000 Overwatch coins or the Mega bundle that includes the Water Warrior Sojourn skin for 3,200 Overwatch coins. This is actually a very cool thing that they're doing in-game that I've actually heard a couple of people, I think Jaws uh, being one of them, being probably the loudest one of them. Um, they're not really promoting this in-game, right? They have it listed in the shop as the Overwatch World Cup bundle, which is great, but I think they should really be highlighting and focusing on the fact that this is crowdfunding the prize pool for the Overwatch World Cup. The more people that buy this bundle, the higher the prize pool goes, right? I think it's 25% of all the proceeds from that go directly into the prize pool. So anyways, this is an awesome skin, the, uh, the Water Warrior Sojourn skin. One of the few, I think, Sojourn skins that like, they really kind of went all out and it's you know in a lot of ways almost unrecognizable uh, if it weren't for those big thighs of sojourns um i don't know that you would necessarily know this is a sojourn skin right off the bat even looking at her railgun which uh the omnic post of course has a shot of um it looks so foreign uh it very much it, it could be a couple of other characters guns but overall it's just it's a really awesome skin you can tell they put a lot of effort into this one so Go get this package uh, and support the Overwatch World Cup. Moving on from there, our final post from the Omnic post that we'll talk about here is, of course, highlighting the new merch on the Overwatch store, or the Blizzard gear store. A new series of merchandise was added to the Blizzard gear store, including a few new Overwatch 2 items. You can pre-order 
Uh, you can pre-order it now for delivery in November, or you can get it at BlizzCon. So they've got the Murphy plush. This is, of course, uh, it, it appears to be a little a red Overwatch sack that says Overwatch 2 Murphy, Murphy plush, and it's a nice little stuffed puppy. Of course, Murphy being Sojourn's dog from the uh, Sojourn's Corgi, even from the latest uh, Sojourn uh, cinematic. They've, of course, also got a Tracer. I believe this is a Figma statue, a very high-quality statue of Tracer. They've got a couple of Overwatch 2 shirts. They've got a new Kiriko backpack, which is uh, pretty awesome, actually. I'm a big fan of it. They've also got, I believe, a Kiriko-inspired fanny pack, uh, which is pretty awesome. Um, I don't I don't actually know for sure if that's Kiriko-themed, but I believe it is. And they've got, of course, a, a new Pachamari keychain. They've got a Kuriko bomber jacket, which I think is absolutely stellar, although it does come with a hood built in, which I wish it didn't. But it's this nice teal blue and white color that I love. They got a blue Pachamari stuffy. They've got some uh, new pins. That's my dog in the background. Uh, and new, new badges and a few other things. So, uh, oh, they've also got... It's not actually listed here, but they've got an Overwatch hockey jersey that I think is absolutely uh, stellar as well. So if you're interested in Overwatch merch, definitely go check out the Overwatch gear store and pick some of these up. And with all of that said, that's going to be the end of the show. That was episode 129, so let's head on over and close this thing out. I feel greatly empowered. All right, well, thank you so much for listening to episode 129 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch podcast. You, of course, know me. I'm your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM. And if you're a returning listener, once again, as always, and I will say this on the end of every episode, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you so much for listening. I apologize for cracking my knuckles into the microphone as I just did. But thank you for being here on this ride with me. If you're a new listener, thank you for joining. And hopefully uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks' time. Of course, once again, reminder that we are now doing our every other week rotation uh, simply because we are in the Overwatch League offseason. So there is less Overwatch to talk about, of course. But if you did enjoy what you heard here today on One Man Watchpoint, which is, of course, available on podcast services everywhere, uh, check out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, uh, also available on podcast services everywhere, which posts every other week from One Man Watchpoint during the Overwatch League offseason. So once again, thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you cats on the flip-flop later. Oh, you shouldn't have. <laughs>